0: Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a recommendation recommendation. recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. With high inflation
1: and interest rates on the rise, investors are scrambling to find the best ways to keep their money growing. Some are looking at factor-based investing as a winning strategy in today's challenging economic environment. Stick around. Craig Lazara, Managing Director at S&P Dow Jones Indices, joins us right after this. Hello, I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. We are so glad to have you. If it is your first time watching, hit the subscribe button and post your comments below. Factor investing is an approach that involves targeting specific drivers of return across asset classes. Studies show that some factor based index strategies have historically outperformed their cap weighted benchmarks by allowing investors to capture key market trends. Factor investing also lets them customize their portfolio's equity exposure. Joining us to discuss factor strategies is Craig Lazara, managing director at S&P Dow Jones indices. Welcome to the show, Craig.
2: Thank you, Stephanie. I'm delighted to be here.
1: Yeah, it is so great to have you. So ETFs linked to factor-based index strategies have seen significant investor demand and asset growth. Tell us more about your definition of a factor index and how investors and financial professionals have traditionally implemented factor-based index strategies.
2: Uh, let me take the second part of your question first, Stephanie. The, the definition of a factor is, is I, I like to give almost an academic uh, definition, and, and that is to say, think of a factor as an attribute with which excess returns are associated. Uh, So there's lots of academic research going back over many years. For example, uh, Fama and French uh, famously, uh, there's a lot of alliteration in that sentence. Fama and French famously uh, said uh, in 1991 that small size and cheap valuation were factors of return, meaning that they were qualities with which excess returns were associated. Uh, and there are another a set of, of factors, for example, low volatility, uh, momentum, quality are all things that we typically think of as as factor strategies. Now traditionally uh, meaning say 40 or 50 years ago investors could implement factor strategies simply by hiring active managers. So you could hire a value manager or a small cap manager uh, you know a defensive manager All of these things were ways of accessing factor strategies, but you also access not only the factor that you wanted, but also the individual manager's stock selection ability or or lack thereof. What's happened quite dramatically over the course of the past 20 or so years has been the growth of ETFs uh, in particular, and to some degree mutual funds, but ETFs that are linked to factor indices, and I like, to, I like to say that, that ETFs uh, let you indicize, in other words, to deliver in passive form this pattern of returns that you formerly had to pay active fees to get. So the history of factor indexing in the last uh, 20 or so years has been largely a history of indicization uh, and, and efficiency for users.
1: So, what makes Dow Jones indices approach different?
2: A couple of things, Stephanie. The S and P Dow Jones uh, indices uh, is, as as your, your uh, our listeners will know, uh, the proprietor of the S and P five hundred and and its many uh, many offshoots. So, one of the things that distinguishes what we do from uh, from our competitors is that all, almost all of our large cap U.S. factor indices are based on the S and P five hundred. So, to the degree that that Uh, customers are accustomed to using the 500 as a benchmark, uh, they'll feel very uh, comfortable with factor indices that are derivatives of that. Uh, The second thing that we do, and in contrast I think to, to some others, in the tug of war between complexity and simplicity, we tend to err on the side of simplicity. So to give you an example, Uh, One of my favorite factor indices is is our S&P 500 low volatility index. It is the hundred least volatile stocks in the S&P 500 uh, rebalanced every quarter. Uh, It is designed to access the low volatility or low beta factor, and and it's done very well over time at at doing that. There are other ways to access low volatility. Uh, You can have an optimization, you can have a much bigger portfolio. But as I say, we tend to err on the side of simplicity uh, wherever possible, and I think that, that, that yields some advantages.
1: Yeah, and you know, when looking back at history, many studies have shown that factor-based index strategies have historically outperformed their cap-weighted benchmarks. But now here we are, it's 2022. The equity market has declined. Um, how has that affected factor index performance?
2: In terms of absolute returns, if the, if the equity market's down, most most equity-based things, including factor indices, will also be down. So most of them have had negative total returns. What we've seen in 2022 is, is really the resurgence of, of two things. Uh, one is uh, value as, as, as distinct from growth. I mean, value meaning just cheap stocks, the, the, you know, the cheap stocks in terms of earnings, book value, and, and so forth. Um, if you look at the spread between the S&P 500 Value Index and the S&P 500 Growth Index, uh, for the last 12 months, it's, it's in like the 98th percentile of historical experience. So value has done very, very well. Uh, I would attribute that to the the increasing interest rate environment that we've experienced in 2022 uh, because uh, growth stocks typically achieve their earnings farther out on the time horizon as the discount rate rises uh, the valuation of growth suffers disproportionately but it's notable that, that this resurgence of value that's been so strong uh, has come after almost a decade when growth dominated quite, quite dramatically so uh, it's been quite a reversal uh, and may, may well have, have farther to go. Uh, the other uh, trend that I'd call attention to in 2022 is, is the good performance of uh, what I would call generally defensive indices. I mentioned uh, low volatility earlier. Uh, low volatility is a great example of that. It tends to do better than the market when the market is down Uh, and worse than the market when the market is up so here we're in a period of 2022 when the equity market is down fairly significantly and defensive strategies uh, low volatility low volatility high dividend dividend aristocrats others of those that that we offer have all done quite a bit better which is exactly what you would have hoped to see and exactly what we designed them to do
1: yeah makes a lot of sense now, although it may seem like a minor point, you favor using the term factor index over the smart beta label. Tell us a little more about that.
2: No, it's not a minor point. It's not a minor point. Well, here's the reason. It's, it, to call something smart beta, and it is, I mean, I, I, I use the term myself on occasion when I, when I slip. Uh, to call a factor index smart beta implies that there must be some other sort of index that is, that is dumb beta or at least less smart beta. And, and typically what's meant by that or by the, by the people who like to, like to say smart beta is that the things like the S&P 500, which by definition supply the beta, the market sensitivity, uh, give you the market sensitivity of the market, uh, are, are, somehow, are somehow less than fully intelligent. And, and I, the argument I would make is that the, one of the smartest things an investor can possibly do is make a substantial investment in the S&P 500 or other similar cap weighted indices because the data are very clear over long periods of time that a simple cap weighted index fund like the one based on the S&P 500 would have outperformed something on the order of 90% of all active managers. So far from being a dumb thing to do, one of the smartest things you can possibly do and and factor indices can supplement that behavior in particular ways uh but but it's it's, it's, it's to say that the s p 500 is somehow less than smart is is uh, is, is incorrect
1: <laughs> yes we definitely want to stay smart right let's keep it smart <laughs> um all right all of that to say uh let's talk about the future what future developments or innovations do you see ahead for factor indices
2: well, what, what I don't see is the discovery of, of many new factors. I mean, we talked earlier, a moment ago, I said that you know, value and small size are very well established, low volatility, quality, momentum. I don't think there are five or six others waiting to be discovered. I mean, we've, we've got a pretty good description of, of the factors that influence the U.S., and, and, and for that matter, other other equity markets. Uh, I think we'll see continued indicization as uh investors come to realize that they can access these factors in an efficient and, and uh, low cost way uh, in the ETF market. The other thing that I think we, we see a lot of interest in is the possibility of combining factors so for example I mentioned earlier low volatility is an example of a, a defensive factor or sometimes we'll call it a, a risk mitigator there are other factors uh, that are uh, I would call them risk enhancers or something like growth or uh, equal weight strategies typically have higher volatility than the uh, S&P 500 uh, or the indices on which they're based and, and what we've seen is that when you combine a a risk enhancer with a risk mitigator you sometimes get a better uh, trade-off between risk and return Uh, than you can have by by having either one of those individually with, with, say, the S&P 500. So the notion of combinations, I think, is something that that is increasingly investors ask about and and we're likely to see uh, increasing growth in.
1: All right. Well, we are going to have to leave it there. Craig, thank you so much for stopping by, sharing your insights.
2: Thank you. Delighted to be here, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Take care. Good luck and uh, have a great holiday season.
2: Thank you. Same to you.
1: And to learn more about the S and P 500 single-factor indices, be sure to visit www.sbgglobal.com/sbdji. The link is posted in the description section below. And don't forget to subscribe to ETF Guide TV. Tell us how you've been enjoying our timely programs like this one, ETF Battles, and many others. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time.
0: Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a recommendation recommendation. recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.